This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Are we ready to get into the Word today? Good deal, good deal. Hey, we are continuing uh, our series that we're calling The Choice is Yours. Uh, With this series, we mentioned last week as we were getting going with it, we said, you know, our life, where it's at right now, is ultimately the sum of the choices that we've made up until this point. We can take that a step further and we can say that where we are in a week, where we are in a year, where we are in a decade, is totally based on the decisions we make today, we make tomorrow, and that we make the next day. Amen? The decisions we make completely start to direct our lives, and so it's important that we make good decisions. And last week we talked about purpose versus popularity. And I think we all walked out of here and said that we we want the purpose of God for our life. We want to chase what God wants us to do rather than what the world wants us to do, right? I want you to know everything that you're experiencing here on earth, y'all, this is just for a short period of time. Come on. You're going to live 70, 80, uh, maybe 90 years, something like that. Marcia Easterlin's got a, a great-grandmother that's 107 and lives by herself. That may be you. Come on now. She's living by herself. She's experiencing health and healing and sound as a pound, let me tell you. She called Mar- Marcia Christmas morning. She said, I'm getting ready for church. Are you? <laughs> yes, ma'am, I am. But with that said, your time here on earth is like this compared to eternity. Too many times we focus on the mess that we see around us and we focus on things that are not very important, things that are extremely temporal. But as soon as we take our last breath and we inhale in eternity, let me go ahead and just tell you, that's going to be for a really long time and we need to prioritize that more than we do this time on earth. Amen? We need to be prioritizing that and doing kingdom work while we're here on earth. So today we're going to talk about a second choice that we have to make. Uh, Today's going to be a little bit of one that may sting just a little bit. We're going to talk about surrender or control. That's right. So I'm going to ask you a question today as we get started. How many of y'all, and I want honesty today, whenever it comes to your life, how many of y'all want to be in control? I need to show of hands and I'm going to put up two. First of all, for the rest of you liars, I'm going to give you a second opportunity. How many of you want to be in control? Now, to really see who the control freaks are, there are probably some of y'all that reached over and lifted somebody's hand because you're like, they're lying. We, we want to be in control in our life. Um, all of us deal with wanting to be in control at our home, uh, be in control at our work. We, we want to control... Uh, Of course, our children, we want to even control other people, and this can be done a lot of times through manipulation, uh, through um, withholding. This can be done through threatening. Um, But we want to be in control. That's just the way humans operate. Uh, But the problem is, is that whenever we try to control everything, it actually, it's a revelation of a spiritual issue that we have. Okay, it reveals that we've got something going on. And, and what it reveals is, is that we are trying to be like God because we think that we know what's best. Don't shout me down today. Come on now. Too many times we think we know what's best, and so we try to control everything. Whenever Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Somebody say, with all your heart. With all your 
and lean not on your own understanding. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's times whenever we just need to stop thinking. There's times where we're constantly trying to figure things out and it seems like it makes sense and it seems like this is the process we need to take and this this is the way we need to do it, but it's not the way that God has for it to operate and it's not the way that God wants it to work. And there's times where we need to just shut our mind down and just say, all right, God, I'm just going to trust you. It's not easy. Uh, and I'll share with you in a minute. It's not easy. There's times where we've just got to say, I don't get it, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. The second part of that verse, or actually verse six, verse six, in all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. Stop trying to control. And he will make your path straight. He will direct your paths. Now, a lot of times we fall into this crazy control cycle. And, and we get to this place where we think we know what's best and that if we don't do things the way we think is best, that everything's going to fall apart. Has anybody ever been there? Maybe you're the person that you think you can't take a vacation from work because it's all going to go to squat if you leave for just a few days. Maybe that's you. We, we feel this way about our work a lot of times. We feel this way about home uh, we feel this way about our family a lot of times that, that if we're not in control, it's all going to completely fall apart. But it's an unhealthy cycle and it's ultimately us not trusting God. And we feel as though we've got to do it all, that we've got to control. But I want you to know that's not the way we were meant to live now. It's not the way we were meant to live. I mean, go back to Proverbs 3. We just got to trust. Somebody say trust. trust. We've got to trust. And whenever you look in the Word, there's this amazing story in the Old Testament of a couple that didn't trust, it really messed things up for them, and it made life a lot harder than it was supposed to be. Uh, how many of y'all have been guilty of maybe messing God's plans up before? Anybody ever been there? Listen, I've missed God before. I've made some dumb decisions, church-related dumb decisions before, and it was like, man, if I would have just trusted, life would have been so much easier. If I, would have been, if I would have just trusted, everything would have worked out exactly as it should. But in Genesis 16, we've got Abraham and, and Sarah. We know about Abraham, Father Abraham, right? By the way, Father Abraham is still at the top of the charts whenever it comes to our bedtime songs at the Amoson house. If you've got small children, you need to do it because if they're not tired, by the time they're done with Father Abraham, they will be tired. And 418 calories later, they're ready for bed. It's great. But Abraham and Sarah, they had a promise from God. God's promise was to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Now, to be the father of many nations means that you've got to have a child. Come on now. And you're going to have a child, but then that child's going to have to have a child. You're going to have to have a lot of children. It's just going to have to multiply. But Abraham and Sarah apparently got to a place to where they felt like they needed to put plan B into action. Amen. And plan B was not what God ever called for. I want you to know this. Whenever God gives you a promise, it's plan A, and there should never be a plan B or C or D. There should never be a, but in case, those, those words should never come out of your mouth or even appear in your head. Amen? So Genesis 16, now Sarai, Abram's wife, and this is before their names were changed, now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. 
But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, get this, the Lord has kept me from having children. They had a word from God. The Lord has kept me from having children. What she basically said in the scripture was, God has not come through the way he said he would come through. Come on now. Here's the second part of this verse. I mean, it, it, it even goes further downhill. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build. Perhaps who can build? I can build. Since God didn't do it, apparently I need to build a family, and this is how I'm going to go about doing it. Through you sleeping with somebody else. That's a terrible plan. So go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham did not turn down the opportunity. <laughs> I expected a little more out of him. I've got to be honest with you. Abraham's one of my favorite people in the world. But at this point in the scripture, I was like, seriously, Abraham. I mean, he's like, all right, sounds like a great plan. Abraham agreed to what his wife said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she did what? Conceived. She conceived. So in their eyes, God's timing was not good enough. In their eyes, they felt like God had not come through with the promise that he had given them. So in their eyes, they had to take control. They had to take control. Um, I just had this statement come to my mind yesterday as I was kind of tweaking my notes a little bit. Uh, whenever we take the wheel from God, we will always end up wrecking things. Because at some point they said, God, apparently you're not doing this properly. Just let us drive. And it ended up messing things up because I want you to understand this couple's desire to take control, it actually changed our world. Let me tell you how. Ishmael was the son that was born to Hagar that Abraham helped produce, right? Just so you know, the Palestinians and Muhammad came from Ishmael. Now, we've been having some problems in that part of the world, haven't we? Uh, just so you know, Isaac... The actual promise of God who showed up at the exact right time, the Jewish nation came out of Isaac. Those two groups have been at it forever. So you understand that the poor choice of these two to expedite the promise of God rather than waiting on the timing of God didn't just mess them up. It messed up the entire world for Pete's sakes. And I got a word for somebody today. Whenever you try to take control, take the control away from God, your decision doesn't just affect you. Your decision affects your family. It affects your community around you. It affects your church. It affects all kind of people. So you need to remember that whenever you're doing your own little thing that doesn't line up with what God told you to do. But these groups have been at odds all because they felt like they needed to just rush the promise of God. And by the way, men, if your wife says sleep with somebody else, don't. 
But we try to control things all the time. I, I, I mean, for instance, uh, like our, our young single folks here, young single men and women, um, if you're waiting on the one that God's got for you right now, you're probably, I mean, if you're, if you're in church, you're probably like, God, I, w- I want you to bring a, a good godly person, right? And to be honest with you, if you're not married yet, you need to be praying for the right one. Somebody say the right one. Not just anyone, the right one. Because once you get married, you are all in at that point. And, uh, whoo, it could be interesting. It's great whenever you marry the right one. It's hell whenever you marry the wrong one. But, but what will happen a lot of times is, is single folks, um, they get a little impatient. I got married whenever I was 30. I began to get impatient. I about created an Ishmael myself. But a lot of times it's like, Lord, Lord, uh, I want you to bring me the right one. But as you get older, you start thinking, well, apparently the Lord's forgot about me. And so then you start to get the process of settling. So you don't just look for a believer. You just look for somebody of the opposite sex that, that'll date you. <laughs> and you settle is what you do. And then maybe they don't even serve the Lord. And, and you say, well, it's, it's okay. We're, we're going to get together and, and I'm going to change them. I got a word from God for you today. No, you won't. No, you won't. We don't missionary date in this church. We don't missionary marry in this church. We don't marry just praying that hopefully they're going to have an encounter with God at some point and just think that, that, that they're naturally going to come around. If they're resistant to it now, don't expect it to get better and wait on God for the promise that he's got for you. Wait on God for the promise that he's got for you. I was 30 whenever I married this one right here. And let me tell you, I wouldn't trade her for nothing. Did I want to get married a little bit earlier? Absolutely I did. Absolutely I did. But, but God had the right one. Wait on the one that God's got for you. Amen? Uh, maybe, I don't know, we, your finances or something like that. Uh, you've been around here. You know what we say about what the word says about our finances. And maybe they're just not working out for you. So you feel like you've got to take control because you know better. I want you to know everything that you've got, God has enabled you to have it. And whenever you're not doing right with your finances and you are trying to control, you are pulling in Abraham and Sarah because you think you know what's better and it's not working out for you. And you're just still wondering why is it that the numbers aren't working the way they do on paper? Because you've taken control away from the Lord. Whenever this word right here has his promise to you of what happens whenever you're faithful with your finances. Don't pull an Abraham and a Sarah. Amen? Amen. So a question for you I've got today. What is it that you're trying to control right now? What situation in your life are you trying to control? If you've got a pen, if you've got a piece of paper today, it would actually be good for you to write it down or to just store some kind of mental note because I really want you to have something on your mind. What is it that you're trying to control right now? Is it a person? Is it your children? Uh, is it a work situation? Is it some circumstance in your life? Uh, is it your finances? But I want us to think this morning, is this something that's really ours to control? Or is this something that we need to go Proverbs 3 on and trust in the Lord to do it? 
Is it something for us to control or, or should we just be giving it to God? Because today, y'all, we need to choose surrender to trust God over controlling the situation. Amen? We need to choose surrendering it to God versus trying to control it. So today I've got three questions that I think will help us choose surrender over control. The first question is this, is, is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? Uh, just a couple of quick examples. Um, if you own a business, you could probably walk in in the morning and see a hundred different things that need to be changed. You could probably see this needs to be done, that needs to be done, that needs to be changed, we need to do this, we should do this. But if you're an effective business owner, you probably only need to tackle about 10 of those and then delegate people to do the other ones because you can't be in the middle of everything. Is it worth my concern? You've got to empower others. Think about this at home. It's very easy for some of us, and I've been guilty of this, so I want to go ahead and just say I'm pointing the finger at me first and foremost. It's very easy for us a lot of times to absolutely wear the family out because they're not doing, thing ex doing things exactly as we would like them to do. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and if you've got young children, you're going to be medicated before long if you freak out over everything. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, a lot of times we need to be focusing on what's being done right. Because if we don't watch it down the road, uh, we're going to absolutely mess up the atmosphere in our house. And we're going to have children that, that resent us and stuff. And we've got to be very careful. And men, we have got to make sure, if you will, the atmosphere in our home is right. Come on now. And, and let's just think about this. Down the road, is it really going to matter if the towels aren't folded exactly the way you fold them? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, my mom was the towel Nazi. <laughs> she wanted them a certain way. And if we didn't fold them a certain way, we had to refold them. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if my kids will just get them in the cabinets, that's where I'm at in my life. That's where Regina's at in her life. If we can just get them in the cabinets, hopefully in some folded fashion, we're okay with it. If you don't watch it, though, you can definitely wear your family out. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Think about some of the things that, that you tend to stress over and, and really ask yourself, is it worth getting upset over? And that doesn't mean that we just let our house look like livestock live in it. You know, take care of things. We got to be good stewards of what God's blessed us with, right? But I also realize there are some things that are more important to others. Uh, in the last few years, because of Regina's job, um, I'm the guy that gets the kids ready for school in the morning. And there's some mornings where they walk out and they kind of look like a hot mess. <laughs> and so as we drop them off for school, you know, the ones helping them get out of the car, they're probably like, that poor dad, he just doesn't have a clue. <laughs> there's some mornings, it's just, we're, we are driving the struggle bus to school, Right. But we can't freak out over them not looking pristine every time they walk into school. You know what I mean? So is it really worth our concern? Because here's the thing. We don't want to damage relationships. We want to do things right. But there's just, if we nitpick everything, we're going to damage relationships. And y'all, that's with your children. That can be with coworkers. Um, that can change the atmosphere in your home. Y'all, it can change the uh, atmosphere, uh, the intimacy with your spouse. Come on now. 
If you pick your spouse apart with everything they do wrong and you can't understand why they're not so romantic, I can go ahead and tell you why. And let me go ahead and just tell somebody this too today. Since everybody's in love with Facebook and all this kind of stuff, there are some online arguments you need to stay your tail out of. You can just keep on scrolling, but no, 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 no. You want to get a word in there. And then it gets ugly in a hurry. And then all of a sudden, I'm wishing that you weren't part of church live based on how you're responding. And you're not being the best example of the Lord or this church as you are responding. There are some conversations you just need to stay out of. Somebody say, stay out of. So number one, is it truly worth our concern? Number two, is it mine to control? This is our second question. Is it mine to control? Is this something I should do something about? Uh, there are some things that God wants us to do our own, on our own. Okay, Like, for instance, stewardship. There are some things God wants us do, to do on our own. But I want you to understand today, there is a big difference in surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility. So, for instance, if you're broke and you're not even looking for a job... Don't you sit back acting like you're full of faith saying, well, God's going to take care of everything. Hey, I just need another stimulus package. If you're not working, you should probably read 2 Thessalonians 3.10. If you're not working, you might as well ease on over to Proverbs 10.4 while you're at it just to see what the word says about that. I'll be honest with you. Um. In the past, because I've, I've consulted with a lot of different churches, there are a lot of churches and a lot of pastors, and I'm not trying to be ugly, that they have the mentality of, well, God's going to send the right people. I've heard this from a dozen pastors, I'm sure, in my life. But what that means is, is they're not working hard in ministry, and they're just almost like putting it off on God, like, well, it's up to him to send the right people. And they've honestly got a little lazy in ministry is what they've done. But there's times in our lives where we can get lazy and we just relinquish responsibility and we act as if it's God's issue, like it's God's problem whenever we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Is it mind to control? There are some things he wants you to deal with. Amen? So if your marriage has problems, what are you doing to improve it? You don't just sit back and say, God, to fix it while you're still making some bad decisions. What are you doing? Are you getting counseling? Are you in a life group where there's spiritual connection? Are you signing up for marriage on the rock? Um, a lot of times guys tend to say, oh, we're fine. No, you're probably not. Ask your wife if you're fine, if you want the truth. And the truth is, and, and, and it's just the truth. I mean, guys don't like to get into this kind of stuff. And I met with some guys earlier before church. Uh, a lot of times there's a little bit of pride there. And we're honestly, we're scared to death to get into this kind of stuff. It's uncomfortable, but, but it's worth it. Amen? Let me tell you something. Whenever your marriage turns around, you're going to be glad you did it. Uh, if you're a single guy and, and you want to get married, here's another word from God for you. Throw away your video games, get a job, shave, and look clean. No female cares that you can save the princess in Mario Brothers. Or how many people you can kill on whatever call of duty or whatever all that mess is. Grow up. 
Is it mind to control? There's some things you got to do on your own. So ask yourself, is it mind to control? If it is, then do something about it. Somebody say, do something about it. If it's not, then we've got a third question for you. Question three, is it for God alone? Is this one that we've just got to surrender to God alone? Uh, I want you to, to go to Philippians 4, 6 with me real quick. Paul writes this actually while he's under house arrest. Paul says this, do not be anxious about anything. Somebody say anything. anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, come on, every situation. But in what? Every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. When does it say to pray? In every situation. We need to get that today. It says to pray in every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I'll be honest with you, there's times where people insult God and they don't even realize they're doing it. What they'll do is, is they'll say, well, all we can do now is pray. Let's just think about that for a minute. Paul writes here, in every situation, pray. And people will try to control their situation, try to make it happen. They haven't got the answer that they've been wanting to try to fabricate and to make happen. And so then it's like they fall back to plan B or C or D or E, and they say, well, all we can do now is pray. Did you think about starting with prayer? Did you think about starting with prayer? And I'm sure God's like, oh, well, gee, thanks, thanks. You finally decided to come to me. Going to God needs to be our first step and not our last resort. We're told that we can boldly, somebody say boldly, boldly go before the throne of grace. The word tells us that nothing's impossible with God. The word tells us that he's working all things. Somebody say all things, all things for our good as well. And whatever it is that, that's for God alone, y'all, we just, we just present it to him. And then we look at verse 7 here in Philippians 4. It says, and the peace of God. Yeah, let's all just take a deep breath. Just the peace of God, which transcend, transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Whenever we give it to him, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Whenever you try to control what you can't, I want you to understand you're going to be anxious. And you're going to try to control even more. I, I don't know what this cycle is, but it's like whenever we feel like we need to control, then all of a sudden we feel like we're losing control and we try to control more. And it's this terrible cycle. And it's just going to cause us to be anxious. But whenever we give it completely to God, then we can rest. Then we can rest. If you're dealing with sickness in your body, can, can you heal your body? No, but God can. If you've got family issues going on, if you've got marriage issues going on, can, can you heal your spouse or your children? No. But God can. Can you control your, your children's bad decisions in their future? You can't. But God. Give it to God, amen? 
I mean, of course, in these examples, there's things that we can do. I mean, there's things we can do to, to help build our, our marriage and to strengthen our marriage. There's things we can do to take care of our bodies, right? We, we've got to take care of ourselves. But, y'all, it takes work. Come on, somebody say it takes work. It, it takes work. And we're living in a fallen world, and so stuff happens as a result. Sickness happens. Sin happens. People do things people shouldn't do. But whenever we get to that place of just giving it to God, we can, we can get to the place of just rest. We can get to that place where it says in verse 7, in the peace of God. Come on, somebody just say the peace of God. It's just going to flow through your life. Um, we had a little situation happen recently, and, and this is a, a praise report uh, for sure. Regina was praying about a new job. In fact, our life group and our life group's awesome. Uh, we prayed about it, I guess, back in early December, right before we, we ended that semester. And I got to brag on my wife. Uh, Regina's a psychometrist and a school counselor. And uh, in the world of school counseling, you should have one counselor for every 250 students. And she does the psychometric testing as well. And my wife is the psychometrist and school counselor for 706, the only one. So there should be two and a half to three Regina's. And it's been a hard year. And in addition to that, they recently approached her and said, there's a really good chance you're going to lose your assistant because we've been paying for her with COVID funds and those funds have run out. So the idea of her doing her job, even without an assistant, it was just like, holy cow. So we've been praying for just a breakthrough. So a psychometry position came available. She interviewed for it. And, and our prayer was, God, if it's not you, shut the door. Y'all know that. Even if your situation right now isn't ideal, He's got a good situation. You want to go into the right door, not the wrong door, right? And God opened the door. And so then there was kind of a part two to that because y'all know about teacher contracts and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and they said, you know, we'll let you out of your contract. That was part two. So praise God, second victory. And so then the, the pay wasn't exactly where we wanted it to be. And, um, and I started to try to control things because <laughs> I'm the finance guy in the house, right? And I kind of lost a little bit of sleep over it and was just kind of wringing my hands over it like, okay, Lord, this shouldn't, you know, I know what my wife's worth. That's where I was going with this. Like, God, she's, she's worth more than this, blah, 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 blah. And then the Lord just nailed me about four days into my stressing out with four easy words. He said, do you trust me? I want to ask you today, whatever it is that you're trying to control, do you trust him? I said, I do, Lord. And as soon as I did it, peace just covered my body just covered my life. I, I, I want to tell somebody today, you've been trying to control some stuff. You're trying to fix some things. You want things to change and you're trying to make it happen. And, and you can't. And the Lord's asking, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I think it's time for some of us to give some things to him and that we do just like Proverbs 3 says, we trust in the Lord with 
all our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. We don't try to overthink it, but we trust him. Come on, somebody say, trust him. We trust him, and he's going to make our paths straight. So today, we choose surrender over control. Amen? Come on, if you will, stand with me today. So that thing that I asked you to write down a little earlier, the thing that I told you, maybe store that mental note. I want everybody just to bow their heads, just close their eyes, and I want you to think about that thing. As we look at our questions, is this something that that we really just need to give to God? Just 100% give it to God and say, God, I, I just trust you. Is this something that you don't even need to concern yourself with? Maybe if you step back and look at the situation, maybe the Lord's revealing to you right now, hey, there's really no reason for you to get too, too upset about this. That may not be the situation, but, but is he saying that to you? Or secondly, or, or I guess our other option is, is, is this something that you need to work on yourself? Something that you need to do something about? Father, today, just help us to recognize, Lord, the distractions in our lives, Lord, and those things that maybe we don't need to focus on, that we don't need to concern ourselves about. Lord, that we don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> Lord, that we're focused on more important, Father, kingdom-type things. Got to ask for wisdom, Father, that, that we act on the things that we need to be involved in, Father, or the areas that we need to improve, Lord, stewardship, whatever it is. Lord, maybe some of those examples I talked about earlier. Lord, marriages, Father, to where the two come together and they say, listen, we're going to have to fight to make this thing work. As a matter of fact, I speak that right now over this house, over every marriage in this house. It is, come on, grab your, grab your spouse's hand right now if you're with them. Father, right now, Lord, that every marriage here, Lord, that we fight. Lord, a desire to fight. Father, to get stronger as a married couple, Lord. Lord, that our families, God, serve you. Come on, just, just right now and just say, our house is going to serve the Lord. Just like Joshua said, we're going to declare that our home will serve the Lord. So God, right now, Father, just that fighting, Lord, for each married couple. And God, at the same time, for those things that we need to give to you, Lord, that we truly do that. We just sit back, Father, and we say, we can't do anything about it, but Lord, we trust you. And Lord, we know that whenever we do that, God, your peace is going to guard our hearts, Father, and guard our minds. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.